Yeah, I'm recording. We're live. The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Dropback Podcast. I'm your host, Stan Wilson, and today we have an episode filled with college football controversy, our AFC South preview, and sadly no, Bruce Wayne Casanzo. No. I'm, yeah, sadly not. hate to say it. I'm joined as ever by Mr. Matt Burns-Peak. Hadly doodly, Stan, in the hot seat today. Indeed, indeed. And Sam Lewis. Hey, Stan, excited for this. Very excited. Let's get going. So, first on the agenda, we have college football. The Big Ten Conference and the Pac-12 Conference have announced that they are closed for the season. No college football in either of those conferences due to COVID-19. What are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on that, boys? Unsurprising. These are the two that are generally more in more liberal areas than the other three Big Five conferences yeah, so if there were going to be two that did it, it would be these two big 10 was first to schedule say we're not doing any out of com- out of conference play and the pac 12 basically copied them on that so looks like the pac 12 yeah. is just copying the big 10 here yeah it seems like yeah. a smart move i mean it was only about last week the big 10 they announced a um, revised schedule and then mm-hmm. yeah a week later season's completely written off it was um i think it was like a 10 to 2 vote in favor of shutting down the season yeah. and mm-hmm. of course this afternoon, we've just had the Pac-12 announce the same thing. So I don't, yeah. I don't actually blame the conferences themselves. If the teams want to play, no. that's on them to try and sort it out with their schools and their coaches and their players. But for the for the just the insurance, if anyone does get seriously ill or something happens, yeah, it's exactly. not worth it for these conferences. What is disappointing is the lack of anything from the NCAA to yeah. for any overarching legislation or anything. Yeah. So they've left the conferences to make their own decisions. Yeah, we yeah. all know the NCAA is poorly run. And yeah, the big, the big impact this is going to have is players like Justin Fields, um, Ohio State, the senior, who would have otherwise, if he'd known this would happen, he would have declared for the NFL draft and he would probably be, um, have been a first-round quarterback. So, he was in QB1. Yeah. He was I like the way QB1. he slings the footy. Well, yeah, speaking of that QB1, he definitely wouldn't have been a QB1 if this had happened in his senior year. So <laughs> hopefully... There are going to be opportunities that these players won't lose out in eligibility, and they'll be able to play next year if they are yeah. a senior. That, like Joe Burrow, needed a bit more time on tape to make their yeah. case for the NFL. But yeah, for Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, it does kind of suck when. Well, Trevor Lawrence wouldn't have been able to come out, would he? No, he's too young. Uh, no, he can come out this year. Yeah, he's a um, junior. No, but he, like after this year, oh, he wouldn't yeah, have been year. able to come out at the 2020 draft. Oh yeah, yeah. Last year he couldn't have come out of college because he's an underclassman. Either way, the ones the ones that could have come out probably would have been high draft picks, but decided to go back to school. It kind of sucks yeah. for them. Yeah, you know, it, it really does. Okay. It really does. And now we got rumours of Big Ten schools and Pac-12 schools joining conferences and conferences like the Big Twelve and the SEC to try and get football going. Yeah, Didn't Nebraska. Nebraska seems to be the ones leading this at the moment. They're the ones that have come out. Most yeah, aggressively Frost. against the rulings of their conference. Yeah, It'll be exactly. interesting to see Scott... if it happens and how that will actually work with relation to scheduling. Yeah. But like you said, Notre, yeah. da- Notre Dame have already taken part of the ACC 
this year. So it is possible that someone could join another conference for just a year. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, they've, been, they've been without a conference for year, for years in the past and they've still managed to get a, get a reasonable yeah. schedule, even if it is ridiculously easy for them. Yeah. And mm. talking the about the War- Pac-12... No, sorry, go on, sorry. So The worry I have for this, is this going to be the leading of the other schools shutting it down for the whole year? Is this going to be a whole, let's move it till spring, see what happens there? Or some schools going to yeah. play, and what does that mean for the draft? Because if some schools play, the NFL is going to be like, "Nah, we'll just leave the draft where it is." But yeah. if if they move it back, everyone plays at spring. Granted, we don't know the situation we're going to be in at spring. That yeah. sort of forces the NFL's hand to move the draft back a bit. Yeah, the only two schools that decided that there will be no season whatsoever is University of Massachusetts and University of Connecticut. So, no big dogs just yet. Oh no! But, yeah. <laughs> You're going to miss the UConn football, aren't you, Matt? Yeah. Technically, aren't they the Huskies, which are, in fact, big <laughs> yeah. dogs? They are I big dogs. dogs. Oh, that's sad. There you go. UConn football, we've got a new fan. Axe for life. Dogs for life. Yeah. All the way. Say? Yeah, they'd probably say something along those lines. I mean, a lot of American sports, like, chants are very generic. It's Unimaginative. Yeah, it's usually <laughs> about being the animal that they are. So, go Husks! Yeah. <laughs> there you have it um, talking of the Pac-12 we have a new movement that has um, emerged with the middle players it's called the we, we Are United and it's sort of merged with the We Want to Play movement and they have listed a series of demands to the NCAA and Power 5 they are as follows we want to play football this season we want a universally mandated health and safety procedures and protocols for all conferences a player option to opt out that's respected by the conference and the school, eligibility guarantee if this does happen, and to establish a players association for all college football players in power by conferences. What do we think? I think that would have been really fun if Joe had managed had read that out in his uh, ransom voice. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint, but there's only one Joe Costanzo. There is only one joke. I mean, it's. I mean, everything they're asking for is pretty reasonable. I think. <laughs> pretty ridiculous. Yeah. They didn't have it already. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, yeah you should, you should already have these things. I'm sorry, yeah, you the, have to ask. <laughs> yeah, it's the fact that there's no CP, CFPA, like College Football Players Association, already. It's just ridiculous to me. The I fact think there's technically no a college athletes one, isn't there? But it's it doesn't have any power whatsoever. Really. Do they have any le- yeah. leverage at all? I no. mean, they, they still don't get. A, get a buck for their services they didn't still get any money at all for it so well yeah on that note the guy that made this dallas hobbs who plays for washington state he does a lot Mm -hmm. of these graphics for like recruits and the washington state athletes um Mm -hmm. department but because he's a football player he's not allowed to be paid for any of the work he does he just has to add it to his portfolio that this is nothing to do with football this is making stuff on the side he should be able to have a side job and make money. He's allowed, I'm pretty sure he's allowed to do that now as long as he's not making money off anything to do with the school. So he can't have his school logo. He can market his own brand, I'm pretty sure. I no, I was reading something about this. He's not, he's not allowed to make money off any of the graphics he does Damn. for other big-time recruits or the department. Let the man well, hustle. Yeah, let the man hustle. I'm, I'm, I thought they changed the rules recently for next season, but I could be wrong. They're a bunch well, of old fans. Maybe, maybe he'll be allowed to make money going forward. But the thing that... Sh- that shook me about this was the fact they want six years of healthcare after they finish playing. Makes absolute sense. Realistically, if you're not paying to play, you should get lifetime healthcare for any football-related yeah. injuries that happen mm-hmm. later in life. 
especially now yeah. we know everything about CTE. So, yeah. and because currently they have four years of healthcare, but it's not enforced at all. So some student handbooks say you get six months after you graduate, which is ridiculous. That's not nearly enough. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's feasible for the big, big power five schools. They could all probably afford it. But when you've got tiny football programs like, yeah, UConn, who make a loss on their football team. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. Matt's dogs. It, it doesn't make financial sense to do it. So that's the big issue. And that's, that's the whole reason why college football players don't get paid for their services. It's because of the disparity of wealth among the teams. Well, this whole situation has basically shone a greater light of how ridiculous it is that players are treated yep. by the NCAA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're essentially just unpaid slave workers. Yeah. You, and that's why, like... Unlike those other paid slave workers. So. Yeah, they're not, yeah. they're not even paid slave workers. I mean, that, that's exactly. why with, with all this stuff where it's like, obviously, like, it's a bummer that we're not going to have college football and stuff like that because it's fun to watch from a selfish point yeah. of view. But also, I completely understand, like, these guys aren't even getting paid and, like, you're asking them to go into a really high-risk situation in terms yeah. of potentially getting COVID as well as, you know, the other injuries as well that you can get playing football. Exactly, exactly. I, um, I, I get it. Yeah. Well, about the, um, Trevor um, Lawrence saying that with all the, like, Sam said, that we want to play because they're, if they are in the um, team environment, there's less light chance they'll be distracted because they're gonna. A lot of people are gonna get COVID either way. They're gonna be going to bars in their hometown or whatever happens if college is shut down completely. Mm. So being yeah. constantly tested as part of match days, like we have seen in other sports, and you've got coaches you've got to talk to, you're in a safe environment. Is it maybe even safer to play than not to play? Yeah, yeah that's, that was. That was um, Nick Saban's argument. He came out, I think it was this morning or a couple of days ago, and said these players are in a safer environment here at the school than they would be in their areas, essentially. And that would have been so, certainly the case for some players. I think it was Josh Jacobs, Oakland uh, Raiders running back, who was a few years ago out of Alabama. He was homeless before going to Bama. And so if, if he was in this situation right now, he would essentially be going back to absolutely nothing. So yeah. you've got to appreciate these players are most likely in a better environment and safer at the college. And also they're in a stricter environment where they have to follow team mm. rules and they can't be going out to clubs and bars and stuff whenever the hell they feel like it. So Yeah, absolutely. And they're held accountable by whatever test they put in place. But realistically, this is leading the way. I don't... College football is going to be at least severely reduced or delayed. It's not going to be yeah. a full slate. It's quite disappointing to see, especially how many players want to play it should like it should be the nfl if you don't want to play you don't have to play you should still get the yeah. benefits but yeah spring season or no season we will see and now for our weekly division preview this week up we have the afc south North. first up let's talk about the tennessee titans derek the team that derek henry runs what are we and thinking about them this season? Hey, Mr. Tannehill does a few things as well. He he dumps yeah. it off. He doesn't throw it deep. Yeah. He does throw it deep. He, that's actually what he does. He does throw it deep. That's about it, though. Nice if he does it eight times a game. In Miami, wouldn't it? That'd have been yeah, well, someone had to do it. It wasn't working before he came in, so you can't yeah. sell what he's done short. Is, no, I like the Titans. True. I like the Titans. I think they're a good team this year. Um, the- lost, they lost Jack Conklin, which but they drafted Isaiah Wilson. So, I mean, it's yeah. probably a small step down because you're playing a rookie at right tackle. But rest of the line still pretty solid. You still got Derek Henry in the backfield, and the receivers haven't taken a knock at all. So, 
I mean, there's no reason that they should really take that much of a step back. Exactly. Yeah. So it took Roger Saffold a while to get going last season, but he should be used to the scheme now, ready to get going. That line is going to beat the lines up. And Derek Henry, possible MVP here. He's large and in charge. He's very large. Large and in charge, Derek Henry. And their defense. People do listen to us for great. They they love our in depth analysis. He is large. <laughs> don't forget about Kevin Bird on the back end of the defense. He picks things that's, up. That's true. Yeah, no, the Tennessee Titans defense is one of the most experienced in the league. Right? Like they've all had a year. Exactly. <laughs> they've all had a year in that new. <laughs> they've all had a year in that new scheme. They're all accustomed to the defense. And should be looking to perhaps push for a um, place in the, champ- the um, AFC Championship game. Well, yeah, I mean, they lost well. Jarrell Casey, but seeing as though they shipped him so, for a seventh round pick, he's I don't old. think they're, uh, they're overly concerned about that exactly. He's pretty old. He's not an experienced, man, according if, to Stan. If you trade a man for a seventh round pick, then you don't give a bloody fuck about him. So, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, Titans, what are we thinking? Floor and ceiling. 12 and 4 to 9 and 7, really. Good Ooh. good side. If every, uh, if everything goes right there, you, like I said, in for maybe a buy. I think even if, if it doesn't pay off as well on the ground and maybe Tannehill sets, takes a step back, they're still a winning football team. They've got good defence, a good running game. I think they'll yeah. be all right this division. Hmm. I was going to go like 8 and 8 and then 11, 11 and 5. Just because... They're very one-dimensional, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. they don't sk- if if you're up by a couple of scores on the Titans, then you, you're fine. I, I feel. Do you know what I mean? I feel like they're they're kind similar of similar in the way to the Ravens that everything comes yeah. off that running game rather than they exactly. exactly. I yeah, feel they, like they use, use the run to set up the pass more than vice versa. Yeah. So if you can stuff that absolute giant, then. Yeah, yeah, easier sure. said than st- done. Yeah, yeah, if you can stop Derek Henry, you'll be fine. Yeah, if you, if you, if you're a team capable of, of stuffing a literal giant, then fair play to you. You've secured a dub. But yeah, yeah, I mean, good I, luck to them. NFL teams trying to do that this season. Yeah, I mean, just just because they are quite one di- one dimensional, I can see potentially the wheels falling off. It, I mean, this is if like you know Henry gets injured. The thing is, the thing is, okay, injury wise, yeah, they can fall to below. 500. I'm, most of these flawed seasons have been trying to do without saying injuries because any team's going to get derailed if their best yeah. players go down. The thing is, if a team sells out to try and stop the running game of the Titans, that is when Tannehill was effective on the play action because Great. they're stuffing yeah. the box so much. So, I don't know. I think they're a decent team. Yeah, I think they're a good yeah. team. I, I mean, I don't... I think 8-8... Eight and eight, I'd, I would be very, very surprised if, if the Titans end up going 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, I think that's like everything bad that could happen kind of happens. You know, Tannehill takes a step back. Henry's not as effective, yada, yada, yada. But like, I, I, would, I, I think, realistically, they've got a very good chance of winning the, this division. Yeah. We've got AJ Brown as well in his sophomore year in the, in the league now. He had a great rookie season. He's only, he only looks to, as if he's getting better. So He's hench. He's well. Another, another yeah, one, like built. Saffold, you were saying, he grew into that scheme towards the second half of the season last year. So they're a team on the up, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts. Philip Rivers' new home. Yeah. I like the Colts. Yeah. You like the Colts? I'm not, I'm not, I like the Colts if 
Philip Rivers was 10 years younger, but mm. I think they're good enough to win games. They've got a really yeah. good O-line. They've got a lot of weapons around Philip Rivers. And it'll be interesting to see what he can do with some semblance of protection that he hasn't had. Yeah, the run game charges. too. The run game too. Jonathan Taylor, who just drafted out of Wisconsin. Yeah, in tandem with Marlon Mack and a very, very, very good O-line led by Quint- Quinton Nelson up front. They- they're going to do scary things on the ground next year, no doubt. And you've got Philip Rivers for when that ball goes goes to scrap. So yeah, That's the thing. You don't need Philip Rivers to be what he was in the early days of the Chargers where he was dragging teams yeah. through. But I I think it's hard to say you need Philip Rivers to be a game manager because he's not yeah. the exact game manager's sort. I wonder if, they go for, if they're more of a run-first team this year because obviously they've got Jonathan Taylor, they've got um, Hines as well, and they've yeah. got Mack. You've got three three capable starters. I would yeah, I would be surprised if they took a similar route to the Titans yeah. and become a run first team and then use that to set up the pass. Yeah. I mean they've got a nice trio of wide receivers as well. You've got your underneath guy in Paris Campbell, we've got T. Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman, who was a lot of people's one of their sleepers in the yeah. draft. He's a big bodied guy. He's good. Yeah, he's so, a very, great body receiver. Colts the Colts are good. They bring in Xavier Rhodes to see if he can sort of regain Oof. his form and DeForest Buckner yeah. from the 49ers, who is an absolute monster. Yeah, he'll massively bolster so, that D line. Xavier, I think that Rhodes? they're the team that are most likely to challenge yeah. the Titans. I think in this division, and it always seems this division isn't necessarily the strongest, but seems reasonably solid-ish yeah. this year. So I think they'll pick, be able to pick up some team wins in the division if everything goes right. If Rivers is what he was a few years ago with a bit more protection, I'll see him at. They could go eleven and five, <laughs> but if not, they could go about five hundred if it all goes wrong. But I think they're solid enough on both lines yeah. to go nine and seven if it goes badly. Yeah, fair play, Matt. What, how do you see them doing? Um, hmm. I I really don't know with the Colts because I'm uh, I'm not the biggest guy on Philip Rivers. I I think he throws it to the other team too much. Is the simplest way to, yeah. to be honest. Um. So I mean, he, he's in a, like a great situation, like Sue said, sick O line, like six skill position players. It's just I I, just, I don't know I don't know I I can't quite commit myself to saying like Philip Rivers is gonna tear the roof off the place and suddenly be like a top five quarterback next year sort of thing. Um, I think they'll be okay. I still, I, I think, you know, seven and nine to 10 and six, like they're not going to be awful. Like they, they're, they're going to be a good football team. I just, I'd, it, I, I struggle to get behind them because I don't, if it's the rivers we saw last year, then yeah. Is he nah. still an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett though? And he doesn't have to do it a whole lot. The issue is, I think that's a genuine question. I struggle to get behind Rivers. I feel really sorry for Jacoby Brissett because it, it doesn't feel like he's that much of an upgrade. And I know that could be a pretty heinous thing to say, but but I didn't think Jacoby Brissett was doing that bad a job. That it's like fair enough if it's like fucking Tom Brady comes in and steals your job. You throw your hands up and you're like, ah, well, it's it's the Brady man. But I think Philip Rivers, if someone like Jacoby Brissett, you you've got a right to feel a little bit like oh, I thought I was doing about the same as him anyway <laughs> and I'm younger and I've got more upside yeah. like yeah it's true yeah Jacoby Brissett can run the ball whereas mm-hmm. Philip Rivers cannot run the ball he can waddle the ball instantly gives you an advantage he can waddle the ball he can waddle <laughs> the ball but that's not that's not much use to an offensive corner mate so. can't scheme round that no you really can't you really can't so floor and ceiling Matt what are you saying um, seven nine to ten six. They'll this seven nine ten six. Yeah, they'll they'll be they'll be good. Like they're, they're, they're a team. Yeah. What are you feeling, Stan? 
Um, I'm really on the side on the Colts. I think their ceiling, perhaps ten and six. I'm I'm not too high on them. Ceiling be about yeah six and ten. They seem like a completely mediocre team this year, which is a bit of a shame considering how strong they are in the trenches, especially on their O line. But I, yeah, like you, Matt, I can't get behind Philip Rivers. I feel like they built the team the right way. I just, I, I still think there may be like a, an off season or two away from being like a legit. Well, and I mean, they've yeah. got fucking, they've got like all the cap space in the world as well, to be honest. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jacob Eason might be ready to play by then. Yeah, like they. they <laughs> They, I mean, if he's ever going to be ready, says um, in a completely straight yeah. face. <laughs> if he's ever going to be ready, it's going to be like two or three years time. Give him the keys. But yeah, I mean, like, I think this roster will be sick in like a couple of seasons' time when they can add mm. a few more like marquee bits and like yeah. a back to build around because Philip Bridges is hopefully not Jacob Eason. <laughs> the, the thing is with the Colts, the amount of praise that Chris Ballard has got for <laughs> basically hovering around eight and eight in his first two or three years. Ooh. I mean, yeah, they lost luck, with, but they haven't really gone out to replace him. If your big game is to go replace Rivers, if they don't start competing before that two years, do people have to start looking at maybe Ballard isn't everything that everyone's built him up to be? Whoa! I like Ballard. I think he's done. Yeah, everyone, like, everyone likes Ballard, but if you're going to be 8 and 8 for four years or so, years in a row in this division. Man, I feel like you're coming to yeah. like house here like just attacking the, the love well no and it's just that there are certain people in this league that everyone loves no matter what they do and get, he hasn't act, he, ah. well, he hasn't done anything yet he's got this hope the people are saying that ballards is the best gm in the league a lot of oh, yeah. other than belichick that's, that's, that's and he, he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't done anything yet that's steep he's just not the best he's just not the best gm in the league it's bill belichick is clearly other than belichick i did say but yeah, yeah. You guys not see the job that Adam Gase did as an interim GM over the summer? It's oh, fucking that, exceptional. We're not on the <laughs> Dolphins this week. Or the Jets. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not. We're just stay clear of the Jets. Stay clear of the Dolphins. We'll keep your rage for next year's um, AFC East preview. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's let's move let's move swiftly onwards to the Houston Texans. Speaking of shit GMs. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a shaky off season. They lost. They lost um, DeAndre Hopkins to my Cardinals for David Johnson and his fat contract and his second round pick. Absolutely. I think lost is a loose term. They jettisoned him <laughs> for no apparent reason. It seems mm. so, especially because I'd understand if once he'd been in Arizona, now you'd given him a big new contract because that was the rumors what he wanted. But there haven't been. Oh, we'll, we'll give it to him eventually. Yeah, but that hasn't happened yet is what I'm saying. So if he goes into the season without having a contract, it makes no sense why they traded him away. He gets to play, he gets to play with Larry Fitzgerald, though. He doesn't want that. He gets to play with Kyler Murray. I'm not saying he doesn't... Oh, so that's why he hasn't got a contract yet, because he gets to play with Fitz and Kyler Murray. Exactly. Kyler, the, the teaching he's going to get from Fitz. Exactly. The teaching you're going to get from Fitz as a blocker, as a receiver, as everything. He's going he to do bits for Hopkins. He will do, yes. Hmm. But, but I don't know. I think Deshaun Watson's good enough that they'll be competitive-ish. Hmm. Yeah, I feel sorry for that guy. But yeah. I don't know when you when you're two of your what your three leading receivers are Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, and Will Fuller, who haven't shown any of them can stay healthy throughout a whole year. Matchstick yeah, legs. Exactly, it, yeah, it's a shaky team. And then your number one running back, or perhaps number two, 
has forgotten how to sprint and hasn't been the same since his rookie year. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a shaky roster. It's a shaky roster. And your head coach is basically just fancy himself as the big fucking swinging dick around town. And if you say anything, <laughs> he's probably going to trade you for like a seven. <laughs> he's got to be in the coaching hot seat this year. He's got to be out of there. No, like, I don't think he is. That's what because he, he keeps getting. He somehow keeps getting to the playoffs. So you can point at it and go, "Well, it's working." That's true, yeah. but he's not. He's never going to get any further, is he? With his current strategy, there's no way Deshaun Watson's going to win at the Super Bowl when no, he's getting helps. sacked every play. It helps that he's at a franchise like the Texans that have never been historically successful. Can you so yeah, so that's expect more? <laughs> yeah, we'll we say that history, again. That's why. Well, yeah, we well, still. It. <laughs> that's what I mean. They can't be like. Uh, I mean, like he's like the best coach they've ever had, right? But he's shit. <laughs> yeah, he's like the only exactly. This is the had. most cons- <laughs> this is the most consistent period of their history. Yeah. So. He's managed to. He's, he's, in a, he's in a pretty solid position. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the ultimate weasel. He's put himself in a position where the only person to fire him is him. Yeah, I'd kill for that sort of weasel. <laughs> oh dear, this Texas plus, team is shaky though. On the plus side, JJ Watt said he's the healthiest. Well, the first time he's been healthy fully since 2015. So Don't that's good news. If, if it's true. And don't we hear this every year from every single player? This is going to be my best year. Yeah, I feel the best I've ever felt since my rookie year. I'm sick of it. Into the medical bay, like I'm fully healthy, coach. I don't. I don't want to hear any of this about how this ever been because it just it just keeps letting me down. I don't like it, and yeah, I'm sick of it. I still go. somehow think they'll. I still yeah. somehow think they'll sneak their way into the playoffs just so Bill O'Brien can be like, "Oh, you all told me I was wrong. No, now look won't. at me. I'm no ten. I'm snuck in with ten and six in the worst no, division no, in no, football. No, no. Get no, me. No. There is no chance they make the playoffs this year. Ooh. No, I can't sandwich that because I don't think they will. But I. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want to. I somehow think Bill O'Brien will, but I don't believe it. If you know what I mean, like it, yeah, there's no way that team. It'd be the most Bill O'Brien away. thing to do, though. Yeah. Anyway, we said this yeah. l- last time that they've they've screwed themselves by trading everything for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Still. Kenny Stills, that's the other receiver on this team. Yeah, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I know. I feel. I, I, for Deshaun wants Watson. I want them to go ten and six, but that's they can easily. Yeah, Deshaun wasn't designed to go ten and six. The rest of that I also think he's like too good four. to go worse than seven and nine, six and ten. Because yeah, but... the thing is, those receivers—they're nowhere near DeAndre Hopkins, but they're all serviceable level. None yeah, of them are outright bad. So if they stay healthy, it's a decent receiving core. Yeah, at least you have four receivers as well, so you can spread things out a bit more and not have to rely on David Broken Legs Johnson. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, maybe they somehow string a few wins together. So they so are they you are saying... you they they have been good in the division since O'Brien's yeah, been there. So true. that there's a way to get five or six wins pretty yeah. easily. Got to give him. So you're saying ceiling te- ceiling ten and six then, Sam? Yeah, if it all goes right and Deshaun Watson absolutely pulls them through. Yeah, and floor. I know six and ten, seven and nine. Like I said, Watson's a really good quarterback. I can't see him going worse than that. Five and eleven. Five and eleven. Yeah, stick that in your, in your Texas pipe and smoke it. <laughs> what about the Seahawks? Nine and seven. Nine and seven. Yeah, you can't you can't keep butchering your your roster with fucking hot headed trades year on year and then be like, oh my god, I can't believe it didn't work. 
<laughs> what if you can it's, though? But you yeah. can't. <laughs> I mean, I saw that surprised me so that Matt, but I've got to agree with you completely on that one because you look at the strength of the Titans, you look at the strength of the Colts, and you look at the strength of Minshew's Tash game. There is no way they get out of the division. Oh, that's a good you'll love it. <laughs> and that, that does bring us quite nicely on to the team that Minshew built, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're yeah. fourth. They're Matt, kick us off on this. I love the Jags. <laughs> I mean, right, you for this is a constant theme in the dropback group chat of Sam Lewis hating on Minshew. Hating on Minshew. Absolutely He's a hater. Him. And it's it, it's disgusting. It's unnecessary. I'd like him to be good, but like the guy, I just don't think he's good enough. I don't feel like Especially, you like the guy. I do like the guy. He's got a great no, banter. Don't. But at the we'll same time... Post on our socials. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. your only receiver is DK Chark and you've got nothing else going for you, he's not good enough to carry that that absolute nothing of an offence. Don't sleep on D.D. Westbrook and Leonard Fournette. I'm absolutely going to sleep on both of them. Uh, okay, well, you sleep on D.D. Westbrook. I'll sleep on D.D. Westbrook. Leonard Fournette's decent, yeah. Leonard Fournette's a beast. He's so underrated. He, was it like 1,600-plus all-purpose yards last year? He yeah, just burns it out. He is, he is right. good, but D.J. Chark is the only receiving option that they have. D.D. Westbrook. Uh, yeah. He's LaVishka thingy, I can't remember. Oh, LaVishka Chanel. Yeah, but he's a rookie that's not polished as a rookie. Exactly, yeah. It's hard to say that he'll... It's hard to say that he's going to be yeah. a solid no, number two was a for this year. And he's literally using the gadget guy at Colorado State. Or is it Colorado Colorado State? I can't remember. But he's literally used just because of his athletic ability. To see him turn into yeah, a polished route would be, would be nice. But is that going to happen year one? Probably not. I think he's a nice player. You know what I'm saying? He's not. <laughs> Furthermore, I think their defence is sneaky good again. So, ha! Fuck you. Josh so Allen. It's, sneaky good again. it's sneaky good again in two years' time or one year time. No, but, but CJ Henderson isn't AJ Bouye yet, and Caleb on Chasen, however good he is, is not Calais Campbell at this point. So no, he never will be. So they're but they're both good players for the future, but they're not good enough to carry this offense. So Josh Allen's exactly. gonna have a bigger role, and he's gonna continue to bowl over quarterbacks. Josh Allen is a beast. Get the sacks. No, I yeah, had really good, good fun watching his film. I had really good fun watching his film when I was doing my like defensive rookie of the year preview earlier in the season. He's an absolute beast of a player. I, just, I love it. I love. I love me a bit of Josh Allen. He's just effective, and I, I genuinely think Minshew has got that little bit about where he can make something out of nothing. He's got that little yeah. playability. Scrum. He, does, he, really does. he needs to make a hell of a lot more than something. Oh, probably less than nothing. Wow. Oh, stop hating on him, Sam. Stop, yeah. stop the hate. It's boring. It's boring content. It is boring. Hate on everyone's what, hero. Yeah. Everyone's hero? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, why, is that why you're growing that little tash out, Matt? Is that what that's for? <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be Minchu-esque by the start of the season? <laughs> it's not successful. No, it's not working. <laughs> useful. I'd see uh, <laughs> a pair of jorts and work it. You can't. Because you're not. Yeah, he's Tell got a stronger touch game than you, so. <laughs> yeah, deal with it, Matt. Tell right. you what, we'll have a jorts throw off at the end of the year. <laughs> oh, the, the chafe will be unreal. <laughs> looking forward to it. I'll train for it, right. sure. I would enjoy it. <laughs> right, let's move on to the floor and ceiling for the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Let's start with Mr. Pessimist, Sam Lewis. <laughs> Four and twelve, eight and eight. Optimistic. <laughs> They're not a winning football team. That's quite optimistic, to be fair, eight and eight. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't swing a nine and seven Jacksonville's way. No, I can't. I swung an eight and eight. That that was me reaching. You can't, you can't reach into your pocket. I, pro- I probably could, but uh, but you know I'm going to play the part, and I won't. You know what? Seven and nine to four and twelve. Screw you, Matt. Drop a nine and seven into the waiting cup of the Jacksonville Jaguars on as you seven walk. and nine, three and thirteen, and they get the number one overall pick and take Trevor Lawrence. No more Gardner Minshew. You know what no, I'm saying? Against it. Wasted pick. Wasted pick. You got Minshew. Minshew's the guy. You make me sad. You make me mad. You pushed me into this corner. I'm going to fulfil the role you've made for me. I was I was merely quaffing whether you couldn't just give them a, a, a nine and seven, a nine and seven. That, that no, be, no, you asking you asking for my opinion. I don't think they're a winning team. So eight and eight ceiling. Wow. Well, that's rude. What have you got? Nine, nine and seven. Nine and seven from that yeah. ceiling. So, the floor is nine and seven. No, their 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 ceiling is nine and seven. I'm not <laughs> stupid. I, I might be, I might be ravaged with moustache lust for Minshew, but I'm not crazy. It's there. Yeah, ceiling nine seven. The floor, yeah. Who needs floors? No, like six and six and ten. How about that? That's, that's high floor. That's, that's a high floor. Yeah, I like them. You think but, if they're both at their worst, the Jags are worse than the Texans? Ooh, are you they both at the same? Yeah. You could drive buses through the holes in that Texans roster. <laughs> and the O-line. Mm-hmm. And the O-line. Apart from the left tackle. Yeah, apart from the left tackle. We've got a left tackle locked up. Apart from that, uh, a bit of was, was that guy that they reached for last year, is he good? The one they took in the first round? I've forgotten his name. Oh, the one that they took. Oh. They, they absolutely panic took. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. They totally was it last? Play. Was it this year's draft or last year's draft? Last, last year's, year's draft. Last year's draft. Sure enough, expert knowledge. I, 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 I've got his face in my head. That's weird. Titus Howard. That's Alabama Titus, State, wasn't it? Titus Howard, Alabama State. That was the biggest panic pick of any draft in history, I think, <laughs> other than Justin Herbert. And who was it done by? Everyone's favorite GM. Favorite GM. Mister <laughs> GM. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I think on their worst day the Texans are worse than the Jaguars. Yeah, well, I can get behind that. That's a, wait, are worse than the regular Jaguars or their or the worst version of the Jaguars? The, the Jaguar, the Jaguars having a stinker versus the Texans having a stinker. I still think the Jaguars are better. Now, even though yeah. the Texans are having a stinker, they still got the Sean Watson. Yeah, Jackson, Jackson have a two-dimensional offense though. What are you talking about? Um, Johnson's going to whizzle sort of one yeah. over 1,500 yards this year. You see the size of his contract. He must be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what team would give him that big a contract? Just exactly. Stiff. Who would do that? But well, to be fair to us, Steve Clyde managed to bail us out for that and managed to land DeAndre Hopkins in return. So who's laughing now? Yeah. John, that, what, what's your thoughts on Steve Clyde? Because he seems to go hit and miss like, all the time. Oh, he is. He's completely hit and miss. Like when I love him, I love him. When I hate him, I hate him. It's a, it's very much a love hate relationship. And I'm currently loving him after the D Hop trade, and mm-hmm. the draft this year, which was pretty solid. So he's, he drafted Kyler Murray, replaced Josh Rosen. 
I'm, yeah, I'm happy with Steve Kahn. He's built, he's built a how solid much credit, roster. How much credit does he get for that over Cliff Kingsbury? Because if Cliff had come in, I'm guessing he wouldn't have taken Kyler. Give me some Murray. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But at the end of the day, Steve Kimey pushes the button, makes the phone call to um, to the draft room. So he's famous for pushing buttons. Yeah, it's mm. crime time, and that brings us to the end of the show. If you haven't already, follow us on our socials at the Dropback on Twitter, at the Dropback on Instagram, at the Dropback UK on Facebook, the Dropback on YouTube, and check out our website, the Dropback, where we will be posting articles in the very near future. So keep your eyes peeled. Thanks for listening. I've been Stan. I've been Matt. And I've been Sam. See ya. The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns-Peak and Joe Costanzo. I hope Joe's not dead. We'd have to dedicate at least one episode to him. <laughs>